everyone. Welcome to the Bio Breakthroughs Podcast by Slice of Healthcare. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. We have a very special guest today. Joining me is the president and CEO at MassBio, Kendall Berlin O'Connell. Kendall, how are you today? I'm doing great, Jared. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to have you here. And especially, you know, we're recording this ahead of the the bio, uh, big bio event in Boston this year. Um, like you you said, it's it was here a couple of years back and it'll be interesting to see how things go this year. But before we kind of dive into some of the questions we have today, would love to hear more about you and your background and then we'll dive in. That's great. So yeah, as you mentioned, I get the privilege of being the president and CEO of MassBio. Uh, MassBio is the life science trade organization here in Massachusetts. We're actually the first biotechnology trade organization in the world, founded in 1985. Um, we have over 1,600 members, and our mission is to advance Massachusetts leadership in the life sciences, grow the industry, bring value to the healthcare system, and improve patient lives. Um, so my background, I think it's a great story in the sense that your career path does not have to be linear. Um, I was a practicing attorney in the area of um, estate planning and elder law, and people always think it's so funny. They're like, well, how did you get into life sciences? And, you know, it's really just through networks, particularly here in Boston. I mean, networking is everything. Um, but at the time, I was looking for a career change, and um, there was an opportunity at MassBio, we were then the MBC, to oversee uh, our purchasing consortium. Um, so I came to the interview with the president and CEO at the time, and he's like, you have to take this job. This is the, the biggest industry um, evolving in Massachusetts, and it's an amazing time to be part of it. And at the end of the day, this industry is focused on helping sick people, right? Bringing solutions to patients with unmet medical needs. So that was way back in 2008. And I did take the job and I ran our purchasing consortium and, um, I always like to tell this story. So my first day at the job, you know, you're, you're starting a new career path. You're ready to take on the world. And um, I, I got to, the, to my uh, office. There was a woman that they had hired to oversee the purchasing consortium. She's very seasoned in industry, been in industry for 25 years. And my first day, she told me, you're not the right person for the job. I don't know why they hired you. Here's a binder with everything you need to know. You probably won't be here that long. So I love telling that story because 15 years later, I get to be the president and CEO of MassBio, and I get to represent the number one life science cluster in the world. I love it. I love, did not expect to hear that in your story. So <laughs> it's, I love hearing those, those unique, uh, you know, backgrounds and how you, you know, joined up with the company and how the initial days went. Uh, so if it's okay with you, can you share some of like your key leadership principles that, you know, have helped guide you across your career journey and then really how you took those principles and, and leverage them at MassBio to grow this organization? Yeah, absolutely, Jared. You know, I was a D1 athlete in college. And so being part of a team and camaraderie, and at the end of the day, we can't achieve anything without a strong team. So that's really always sort of been front and center to me. 
Um, but, you know, if you go back to that story I just told you, and how did I get from being sort of the director of purchasing to the president and CEO of this organization? And really, it's because I'm not afraid of hard work, right? I roll up my sleeves and dig in. And, and when that woman said that to me, she wasn't wrong. I wasn't from industry. And, and frankly, on paper, I probably wasn't a great fit for that role. But what she didn't know is that I was willing to roll up my sleeves, do the hard work, go on a listening tour. And within six months of being at the organization, I actually negotiated um, our Thermo Fisher contract. And at the time that was worth about $45 million. And now we signed a contract uh, two years ago and it will be worth 4 billion, you know, through that contract term. So really kind of doing the work, but I also think listening, right? We are a trade organization. We have to be responsive and nimble to the needs of our members. So that's a really big part of it. I think we can all learn from others and hopefully teach others. Um, and, and the way I, um, my leadership style is totally team centric. I am so fortunate to work with the most amazing people and we take a very sort of team focused approach, right? I can't do this without, without them. And our 1600 members rely on us to really operate as a cohesive, um, engaged, enthusiastic team. 1600 members. That's congratulations. That's, that's wild. Uh, What's in, really interesting, too, and when I was doing prep before this call, is this is not a shot at lawyers, but <laughs> you don't think innovation with lawyers. It, it, it's it's like very cut and dry, right? Like you're following the law. Mm -hmm. You're so you know here here you are, this executive. You were previously a lawyer. How do you find that ability to like? I mean, it must have always been within you because now you're at an organ you're at an organization where innovation has to be you know is so critical. How do you combine that, that executive, but also your legal background in order to, you know, help this the, you know, mass bio grow? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. I think I'm probably not your stereotypical lawyer. And I think that probably became clear to me, you know, when I was practicing law. I needed something else. I needed something more social, more innovative, um, really something that was very, very client-faced, in our, in our world, membership-faced. Um, but certainly having a law degree opened the door, right? I wouldn't have had the opportunity to probably take that role at MassBio had I not had a law degree because I was hired to negotiate contracts. The cool thing about working at MassBio, and this is why I've been here for 15 years, is that every day is different in, in the, the um, sort of roles and responsibilities that I've had the opportunity to, to take here and lead here are so diverse, right? I get to do sales and business development. I still get to, you know, um, do contract negotiation, um, but I get to do HR. I get to do really innovative things like help to create an entrepreneurial accelerator program. You know, we're about to open a workforce training center. So the diversity in areas that we play is so broad. I also get to be a lobbyist, by the way, in my role now, right? And and we're a huge policy shop and we do lobbying on a federal, state and municipal level. So it's just, there's never a dull moment. There's always these new and exciting initiatives that we're working on. And again, we get to work with 1600 amazing companies that are focused on the most cutting edge, novel innovation of anywhere in the world. Well, I'm glad you, you mentioned the, the training center because 
you know, you've, you've been instrumental in really driving MassBio's focus on both workforce training and, and now the opening of, of this training center, um, which I think is early, early next year that's coming yes. up. Can you, can you tell us a little bit more about this training center and, you know, really what the significance is? Um, it, obviously talent shortages, talent, uh, challenges are always in any industry, but this, this industry actually, um, of the utmost importance, talk us through how, you know, this training center and what your initiatives with workforce management are, um, or workforce training rather are helping drive, you know, diverse individuals into this industry. That was a huge question. So hopefully you pick up the, the right parts of that. I mean, Jared, I'm so excited about this question. I have to tell you what we're doing around workforce is probably um, one of my passion projects. It's one of the initiatives that I have most enjoyed being part of, and I'm just so excited about it. So this sort of started back in 2021, right? We know that recruitment and retention of employees has long been a challenge here, particularly in Massachusetts. It's not unique to our industry, but it's certainly prevalent here in Massachusetts for a long time. Um, and in 2021, we were seeing this incredible amount of investment come into Massachusetts headquarter companies. And because of that, we were seeing unprecedented levels of development happen. So from 2010 to 2020, we had about 20 million square feet of lab and manufacturing um, space here in Massachusetts. From 2020 to now, we've, we've increased that. We have 56 million. So when you think about that, we've almost doubled that, right? So what does that mean? So back in 2021, we knew that we were seeing huge amounts of development happen. So we did an analysis and, and we um, realized that we would need 40,000 net new jobs to meet that demand. Where were we going to get these people from? MassBio had all, also, um, you know, a number of years back, made a deep commitment to our industry to ensure that we have a diverse industry. And we've worked with our members to provide tools and resources to help our companies prioritize DEI. So we thought, you know, this is the perfect opportunity to help create a more robust and sustainable workforce while also helping to diversify our workforce. So um, we will have open a workforce training center in Dorchester. And, you know, I, our team here deeply believes that Every resident in every neighborhood of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts should be able to see themselves working in one of these life sciences jobs and to benefit from the success of this industry. So we'll offer a short-term certificate program that has been built by industry. Um, so it'll be somewhere in the ballpark of eight to 12 weeks. And it will truly be an on-ramp for individuals who maybe have never thought about a career in life sciences, who have a high school degree to get their foot into the door. And we know these jobs are high paying, incredible benefits. And we really hope that this certificate will be the start of not just a career journey, but an academic journey. Um, and it's actually located at the old Boston Globe headquarters. It's called Southline. So such a cool place with so much history for Boston. And now when you think about sort of old Boston, new Boston, looking beyond, uh, this location is so innovative. It has a ton of life science companies. It has other really cool brands in it. And now we'll have a workforce training center that will provide opportunity for the future workforce here in Massachusetts. Super exciting. And I love how excited you get when answering these questions. Makes everyone else get more excited as well when the, the person putting these initiatives together is is pumped about it. 
Can you talk a little bit about impact, like of what the expected impact is for both patients and diversity of this program and new training center? Yeah. So, you know, I told you we would need 40,000 net new jobs, right? How are we going to get there? Right now, through our existing certificate programs, we put out about 100 to 150 employees per year. And then when you think about our community college programs, maybe there's another 100, right? So we really need to scale. And I think the workforce landscape here, it's a marathon and a sprint, right? We need to do a better job of educating students on the career opportunities in life sciences, K through 12. But we also need people now, right? We know that our companies won't be able to stay here if they don't have the workforce they need. We also want to make sure we do our part to ensure that our workforce in the life sciences reflects the patient population we serve. So this is the way to achieve both of these and really double output from existing programs in a year, right? And the objective here is that this won't just be one location in Dorchester. It's something that we will will look to replicate all around the Commonwealth and in our gateway cities. Um, So really excited about uh, this being the start of something really incredible here um, to, again, create a both a robust and diverse workforce in the life sciences. And I want to make sure we, we dive into this too, Kendall. You're a strong advocate for, for women in the life science industry and particularly in cancer research, right? Can you tell us a little bit about your involvement with the, the Research HERS program? Great name, by the way. Uh, so cool. <laughs> and why it's you know so important to, to women-led research? Absolutely, right? So when you think about this industry, Women and men enter the workforce at the same rate, but we know by mid-career, women representation has already dropped by 50%. And as you get to the the C-suite, it's, you know, there's less than 10% women representation. And the same thing is happening in research areas, right? So it's so important that women have um, funding. We have a huge role to play in this. And we need to advocate for that. And now I am in a position where I can really help amplify the need, the work that we're doing, particularly in the cancer space. This is always, you know, Massachusetts has always been a leader around oncology research. And we have to ensure that we are continuing to invest in women. Um, I've been fortunate, you know, many women throughout my career have invested in me both as mentors and sponsors. And so we wanna continue to promote that. And we also wanna make sure that we're doing that as it relates to research, particularly in the cancer space. I love that. It's it's also, you have that mentality, right? Of paying it forward, right? People helped you in the past. So it sounds like that you're willing to help them as well, which um, shouldn't be a rare quality, but I, I do feel it is. And you know, kudos to you for, for that. Yeah, I think when you get to this point in your career, you have to give back and you have to be um, very purposeful about it. But what I will say is the ecosystem here in in Boston and Cambridge and Massachusetts is incredible about that. There's so many fantastic women's groups um, and really uh, purposeful, intentful initiatives to help promote women throughout their career. And obviously in our innovation space, make sure that women are getting the funding they need. Absolutely. And, And you just said the magic word ecosystem. So before we wrap up here, let's take a look at the broader life science ecosystem in Massachusetts and beyond. You know, what trends and developments do you find the most exciting or transformative 
uh, happening right now. And then let's talk just quickly about how MassBio is positioned to play a role in these, these key areas. Yeah. So when you think about our ecosystem here in Massachusetts, it's incredible, right? It's so dense. We have over a thousand biotechs here. We have 18 of the top 20 biopharma that have a physical presence here. What we have are world-class hospitals, right? Best-in-class academic institutions. There's over 100 academic institutions in Massachusetts. So it's really sort of all these key ingredients that make for a successful ecosystem that we have. But the real secret to that was we have this incredible collaboration between industry, government, and academia. And, you know, back in 2008, our partners in government made a huge commitment to this industry with the Life Science Initiative, which was a 10-year billion-dollar investment. And then in 2018, they recommitted uh, with a life science uh, initiative reauthorization of $640 million. And we are poised for a third iteration of that. So when you think about the future of this ecosystem and where we're going, right, we need to become a destination for biomanufacturing. And when you think about the complex uh, novel uh, research that's happening in this area, think cell and gene therapy, right, CRISPR, we know what we've done around mRNA, right? CAR-T, all of this really innovative research is happening here. And as these companies scale, we want them to do their biomanufacturing here. So we've really got to focus on that because um, that's going to be the next chapter here in Massachusetts. And by the way, when we do that, it creates incredible opportunity for workforce, right? Having, uh, creating jobs around manufacturing and the, the ideal scenario is um, companies want their biomanufacturing in close proximity to their research and development. So there's no better place in the world than Massachusetts. But continuing to invest in this, in this early stage innovation, right? The reason we're the best place in the world for life sciences is the density of biotechs we have here doing research in the areas that I mentioned. So making sure we're creating an environment where innovation can continue to thrive, where we're facilitating that early stage investment coming here. Um, those are all kind of key priorities when we think about the next few years and what we can do to maintain our leadership position here in Massachusetts. Well said. Well said. Uh, Kendall, I'm so glad we were able to have you on the show. Really enjoyed our time here today. Excited to uh, hopefully link up with you uh, in person at the, uh, at the event coming up and uh, you know, wishing you all the best of luck. Well, thank you so much, Jared, again, for having me. And we can't wait to welcome the world here to Boston in early June for the Bio International Convention. I'll look forward to seeing you there, too.